Hi, this is Ken Clark. I'm the minister of the Old First Church in Bennington, Vermont, and this is another recording of our worship services at the Old First Church. It's a Palm Sunday service this week. These services are recorded and provided during this unusual year when we can't gather together at the church itself, and so we post these services weekly on our website. You can also find them as a podcast. You'll need to search for a podcast, which is entitled A Walk to Clio Hall, Clio, C-L-I-O, A Walk to Clio Hall on Spotify, Anchor, or other broadcast apps. This service is intended, as I've indicated, for Palm Sunday, March 28th, 2021. Before I go any further, it is the week between Palm Sunday and Easter when we have other services at the Old First Church. They're not being held in person this year, but what we have done is create a audio reading of the Passion Story, uh, just myself reading it and Jean-Marie with organ accompaniment. So this is something you can use during the week ahead. In the service today, I mentioned that it's at the end of the service. It is not at the end of the service. You'll find it as a separate uh, file that you can download or play a later time this week. I would suggest playing it perhaps on Monday, Thursday, or Good Friday. So, as I have said, the service is Palm Sunday, March 28th, 2021. Our organist is Jean-Marie Callahan, and the preacher is Ken Clark. To this Sunday service, this Palm Sunday service at the old First Church in Bennington, Vermont. Join me, if you will, in saying responsively the opening words 
They are found in the order of service. Give thanks to the Lord, for God is good. God's love is the light of the world. The Lord is with us, in God is our help. God's steadfast love endures forever. Our first hymn this day is Hosanna, Loud Hosanna. opening prayer is found in the order of service. Join me, if you will, in saying it together. God of the covenant, in the glory of the cross, your Son embraced the power of death and broke its hold over your people. Deepen our faith, we pray, and direct our lives to your service. In this time of repentance, draw all people to yourself that we who confess Jesus as Lord may put aside the deeds of death and accept the life of your kingdom. Amen. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. If we confess our faults, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. Our first reading today is taken from Paul's letter to the Philippians in the second chapter, verses 5 through 11. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God 
as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Here ends our first reading. Our hymn is, This is the day the Lord hath made. Our second lesson for today is taken from the Gospel of John in the 12th chapter, verses 12 through 16, one of the accounts, a briefer account than you will find in the Gospel of Mark, but a brief account of the Palm Sunday events when Jesus, this happens shortly after Jesus has performed a crescendo of healings and miracles, and most importantly, although not read in our lectionary for this particular year, most importantly, the raising of Lazarus from the dead. Uh, This creates a sensation, as the Gospel of John has it, uh, where everyone is focused upon this person who has performed this miracle. And this is the point at which Jesus has set his face toward Jerusalem, this place that he is going to visit, the center of during the Passover season, the ritual and liturgical and spiritual life of all Jews. And there in Jerusalem, as Jesus is entering, are not only the residents of Jerusalem, but also people from all over the Roman world who have come uh, to celebrate the Passover uh, time. At the same time, uh, Rome is looking at Jerusalem and the Roman Imperial forces and processions are concerned about what happens in this city, which they rule, which they control, but is not really in any fundamental sense theirs, Uh, something that worries them perhaps, uh, but more importantly, just a practical consequence of their worldly power and their rule. I've given most of the sermon as an introduction, but I'll read the uh, gospel that goes with it. In the gospel of John, chapter 12, verses 12 through 16, very small uh, account, much different if you 
have time this week, I suggest that you look at both the accounts of Palm Sunday. As you look at different accounts of the resurrection, you will also see in this account there are variations in how the story is told. The next day, the great crowd that had come to the festival heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it. As it is written, do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. Look, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, they remember that these things had been written of him and had been done to him. Here ends the second lesson. As I've already indicated this morning, these stories and the accounts of Palm Sunday and Mark and the Gospel of John are relatively different. This is a brief accounting of what we know of Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday comes, as we all know, as the Sunday before Easter, and every year it seems I preach on about the same theme, which is, I suppose you could call this um, this sermon, hold your horses, right? Uh, in other words, we tend to either hold your horses or untie that colt, either one, but at any rate, um, we tend on Palm Sunday to anticipate Easter, and we glide over the events of uh, the week to come, what Jesus is really facing. And anyone will tell you that it is as important to understand the sufferings and the choices that Jesus made during this week as it is to understand Easter itself. In other words, there would be no Easter uh, without this ability to go through this week. I had a conversation this week with a friend of mine in the church, a member of our church, who made this point to me very clearly. He said, well, you know, what would it have been like if Jesus uh, decided to do something different, if he decided that he did not want to accept the path that was set for him? What would the world be like? And indeed, it would be a world with no Easter. Now, it would be a world perhaps with a Palm Sunday if he did not turn away this Sunday. Uh, it would be a world in which there is a celebration of attempted power, it would be a world in which there was a sense of hope, but that hope would be dashed or the person involved would be vanished. We wouldn't know what would happen. It would be indeed a passing parade. It would be an event like so many events in our lives that happen and then seem to slip through our fingers and go away. It wouldn't be an existential, earth-shattering, changing event. It wouldn't be something that would reorient us and our views of life and the spirit and what is to come and what we live for. It would be a passing parade. It would be a sense of joy, of hope, of excitement. We're geared, it, seemed in this, it seems, in this modern age to be titillated, to be excited, to work ourselves up into a lather. I can testify to this. I've been in a lather this morning. And it's so easy in human nature to get pressured, to get worked up over things, to get excited, to get one's hopes up. I was reading about our current COVID vaccines uh, in one location where I'm hoping to go this week. Uh, they had backups of two hours long because people were showing up uh, two and three hours before their scheduled appointments. And they were pleading with people, please, when we say come at one o'clock, arrive at one o'clock, don't come early. Uh, usually people are telling you to plan and leave enough time and come early and be prepared, but people are so excited. They want so much to be part of this that they're showing up two hours early and they're creating a traffic jam and everyone is piling on top of one another, not what was planned. We're designed, it seems, to get excited about things, get our hopes raised up, and get going. Somewhat of Palm Sunday is like this. It's in some ways the children's celebration, right? 
the palms will be out and they will be waved. And this is the day in church where we have in church in the meeting house that we would have the children and have them waving their palm branches, all kinds of excitement, a little foretaste of what's to come. And people would be not only looking forward to this day, but to Easter itself. The major lesson here is that there are up times and there are down times in everyone's life. But in the life of Christ, there is a goal which is pursued through symbolic events such as Palm Sunday, when in some ways Old Testament prophecies are fulfilled, they're quoted, they're referred to. You can see in the Gospel of John where the crowd shouts, he comes in the name of the Lord, uh, and they talk about the fulfillment of ancient scripture by the way Jesus enters Jerusalem. But Jesus enters to this goal of symbolic development, which in this coming week will give way to an actuality which has become in itself a font of deep meaning for us. And that is not a march of victory, although it ends in a victory on Easter Day. It is a march that takes us to the very darkest and hardest points of human experience, not to a parade, but to a tragedy, to a sacrifice, to a suffering. And it's as if to say to us, to remind us, that it's not all Palm Sunday and Easter that count. It is this week ahead where we face the realities of our life, where our joys are tempered by tears, where our understanding of this life is tempered by an understanding of what we should spend this life for. When it is made clear to us that some things in this life are less important, and some things in this life are more important. So it's a complicated story. It's a story we ought to remind ourselves of in the week ahead so that we don't go from victory to victory. I say this every year. It's perhaps especially appropriate this year as we've been through so much. I chose, we had several choices for our first reading this morning, could have read from Isaiah, which would have um, helped to underscore the uh, symbolic fulfillment of prophecies on Palm Sunday. But I chose to read from Paul's letter to the Philippians, the same letter um, that I read last year uh, for this Palm Sunday service. The reason I chose it again was because they talk about uh, Jesus in the form of a God, did not regard with quality with God as something to be exploited. These words are really meant, it was thought originally as a quotation of a, of a hymn, of a chant, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being found in human form, humbled himself, became obedient even to the point of a death, even death on a cross. This presents to us in the midst of Palm Sunday the other side of the coin. It also shows us that on this day, Christ's purpose is an emptying of himself. It's not simply a fulfillment. We speak about fulfilling scripture, but he is emptying himself of literally who he is to take on something else. And that something else is a relationship, a connection between God and the human. And that connection is made by Christ when Christ chooses these human sufferings over anything else. Paul, in the letter to the Philippians, makes this so clear, the sense of being emptied out. I'm sure all of us, I'm speaking to an empty church. Our church has been emptied out. Now, we're not facing anything close to what Christ faced in this coming week, but our church has been emptied out. I believe in some sense as we look back on this last year, 
last year, I think the title to Palm Sunday was It's Not What You Expected. But as we look back on this past year, we'll understand how we have been emptied out, how we have been spiritually depleted, how we have found ourselves in a difficult position. But the lesson of these days is how this emptying out deepens our understanding of who we are as spiritual beings. So many times I've been in this church in a relatively solitary position, Jean Marie in her own solitary place up by the organ, thinking of everybody in the church and how we've been emptied out of our relations, relationships with one another, but also understanding to some degree that our connection transcends our presence in this place, that our absence, our emptying out of this place, might perhaps be for a purpose, so that when prophecies are fulfilled, when doors are opened, when parades come, we might not be swept away by the initial excitement, but understand more deeply what it is to be truly connected in a spiritual, loving, and good way. Last point on the text in the Gospel of John. One of the translations has Jesus choosing. It's written here in the version we have. uh, Jesus is sitting on a a donkey's colt, a young donkey. Uh, Other translations uh, have Jesus sitting on an unbroken uh, uh, animal. That sense that Jesus is connected even with an animal, an animal that has never before had a saddle upon it, an animal that is unbroken, and yet Jesus can choose this animal and sit upon it, and the animal understands as well. It's an interesting glimpse, perhaps, in one chosen translation of these words to show the depth of what Jesus' presence in our lives and this world means. It's a deep harmony. It's a deep understanding. And it does go deeper than the excitement. And even if we're together on Easter, if you're in here, you'll be excited like it's Palm Sunday. But don't forget, that's only the parade. That's not your faith. So it will be a good thing to be together. But that's not the point alone. It's being together through the dark night and the day. It's being together through the trials and the aloneness and the emptiness as well as being there at the appointed time. Amen. Our hymn is With His Salvation Bringing.
Welcome again to the Old First Church this Palm Sunday in Bennington, Vermont. A few announcements to make. Number one, for Palm Sunday, Nancy Andrews, our church administrator, office administrator, uh, reminded me to, to tell you this, and you won't, if you're hearing this on Sunday morning, uh, you should rush down to the church after listening and pick up a uh, palm. Uh, you might have to hurry. Um, I just talked about how people shouldn't be over-anticipating things. but So drive at a reasonable rate of speed. Don't knock anyone over. Um, it may be that there will be no palms left by the time you get there. They'll be out on the front steps of the church. And if you hear this in time, uh, you'll be able to go and pick up your palms for Palm Sunday with our appreciation, our thanks, and our blessing uh, upon you for, for doing that. Thanks to Nancy Andrews for these innumerable details this week, and also to Jean Marie Callahan, our organist. It's a um, perhaps a bittersweet day for us, and I know everyone's anticipating Easter and coming back. The church is going to be open in a limited way. Uh, so for those of you who will come, we'll have a live service here from the church next Sunday, which means Jean Marie and I are putting down our scheme that we've had for the last year of uh, gathering earlier in the week and producing a service just like this. It's been hard, um, but it's also had a certain degree of, um, of good things to it. In the process of emptying out, uh, we've all discovered new things about ourselves. We've adapted in certain ways. Hopefully, we've all coped uh, and come out the better for it. Uh, it's not only been a time of feeling empty, but it's a time of being emptied to understand what we are really about. And part of it for us has been the ministry of music and the ministry of the word, uh, which has sustained and, and grown in, in different ways. I hope as this year draws to an end and as the church doors open, that you will also have a good idea for yourself of what the emptying has meant, not in a negative sense, but in a positive sense. Very important lessons for us uh, to understand spiritually as time changes. We hope time's going to change. All this is subject to amendment, but um, that's, the, um, that's the hope. The church will be open Easter Sunday. Uh, if you are planning to attend, you have to pre-register, so you'll have a place to sit. And just like all of you anticipating a Palm Sunday parade or an Easter parade, uh, no congregational singing, so it's not going to be like you imagine other Easter Sundays to be like, and maybe that's a good thing. It'll be an experience for us to go through together. So, with all that in mind, I don't think I have a lot of other announcements. I've reminded you about the palms outside the church this Sunday morning, Palm Sunday morning. I've reminded you about our church service uh, live in the building, in the meeting house on Easter Sunday. And we will be attempting a live stream. So if you're listening to this, and it's especially those who listen on the um, podcast or through the church website, the audio version, we're hoping to do something a little better than our annual meeting. And I'm working hard on it. One of the reasons I've been feeling a little bit um, flustered this past week, uh, working hard on trying to find a, a good streaming solution for us. I think we're almost there. So whatever the product you find on Sunday, Easter Sunday morning, it may, I don't know if we'll lay an egg or whether it'll be an Easter egg, but whatever the product, uh, it's intended for you to enjoy and celebrate Easter. Before we move to the morning offering, one other note. If you want to participate in this week's morning offering, you can do so by sending something in the mail to the First Congregational Church, One Monument Circle, Old Bennington, Vermont, 05201. It will be gratefully received and placed in the collection plate uh, for the church and its work. And now the morning offering for the work of our church will be received.
We give thee but thine own, whate'er the gift may be. All that we have is thine alone, a trust, O God, from thee. Amen. Before we conclude the service today with the closing prayer, just a, a note for those of you who are listening and wondering about our Easter week. We have a quiet um, week ahead of us, no Monday, Thursday, and no Good Friday observances officially here at the church. What I'm going to do is at the end of this service, I'm going to read the one of the passion, the passion account, and uh, we are going to find some way. I think after the benediction, uh, if you pause the service, you might find uh, that you can listen to the end, the passion account, uh, perhaps on Monday, Thursday, perhaps on Good Friday, sometime during this week. This gives us actually a unique opportunity to do both Palm Sunday and a little bit of the Passion uh, story. So that's one way of being together through this week. If you um, pause and return to the service, uh, listen to that added section at the very end, um, perhaps Monday, Thursday, or Good Friday. If you're doing Tenebrae, uh, put on your audio player and darken the room, light a candle, and listen in the darkness, in the approaching twilight, and extinguish the candle at the end. Um, it may be a very effective way to know that others are perhaps doing the same thing uh, in other places. So that's my advice, and that's how this will end. Let us pray. Dear God, be with us in this day. Be with us as we reflect upon what we have been through this past year, as we reflect upon what we have come through in a season of Lent, what we have given up, what we have lost, and what we have gained. Be with us as we seek to understand how we have been made strong by the things we have endured, by the patience we have shown, by the love we have kept alive, by the compassion we have kindled for our fellow people. We give you thanks, especially, dear God, at this time, for those who have used their knowledge and wisdom to help others, who have provided us with medicines and healing and counsel. We give you thanks for these people, some close to home here, others in places far away. We remember those we have lost and the awful toll upon all of our society. We think of our children and our families. We think of those homebound. We think of the elderly and those less able. We think of anyone who has been afraid or alone, in doubt. As we learn from these hard times, dear God, turn us to this week in the life of Christ so that we may gain perspective and understand, be with our church and our country and our world, be with us as nature unfolds this springtime, be in our hearts this day and evermore. Now in silence we make our prayer to you. Amen. And as Jesus taught us, we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our final hymn is Ride On, Ride On in Majesty. I just want to add a note about something I got wrong just a few minutes ago in the sermon. I mentioned that the uh, unbroken colt uh, was uh, a translation in the Gospel of John. And in fact, the unbroken colt version was in the Mark's Gospel. Uh, John referred to a young colt, but it was uh, Mark who says, go into the village, has Jesus say, go into the village, you will find there tied a colt that has never been ridden, untie it and bring it. That's my point about the cult that had never been ridden before, a risky thing uh, to do unless you have a pretty good connection and sense of nature and the animals know you as well. Just wanted to add that bit. And now may God bless us and keep us. May God's face shine upon us and give us peace this day and evermore. Amen.
Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Be of good cheer and live your faith in the week ahead. Check in again next week when who knows what will happen. It's Easter Sunday. There may be a live stream on our church website of the Easter Sunday service at 11 a.m. or 11.05 if I have anything to say about it. And if I have something to say about it, we will have a successful live stream. But I can't predict that right now. I don't know what to promise you. One thing I can say is that if there is no live stream, you will not find a audio recording of the church service until after Easter Sunday morning. We will record next Sunday's Easter service live, and that live recording will be posted uh, on our website, but that will not appear until at the earliest Sunday evening or perhaps even Monday morning. I'm very sorry for that, but it's just our logistical situation in the transition. So, with that news about what to look for in the next week, I'll leave you with a great deal of uncertainty. Permission to podcast and stream the service music is granted under license number 3009679 from CCLI, with all other creative rights reserved.